You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order. So what I'm going to do this season, I'll have a topic, then we'll preview one American League team, one National League team uh, for fantasy purposes, and that'll cover us for the next few weeks uh, as we start to move towards the 2021 Major League Baseball season. So today, it means we'll talk some draft strategy and then preview the Los Angeles Angels and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, I have the Angels going first because they're still filed under Anaheim. That's how it works. Uh, so first, let's start with draft strategy. Look, maybe the most important part of draft strategy is understanding positional scarcity. You know, catcher is mostly a wasteland. If you can get one of the top guys, then, then great. Otherwise, uh, there may not be much worth reaching for there. Uh, second base also tends to be shallow, so there's real value on the players at the top there. Even first base isn't the automatic power spot that it used to be. For the longest time, you could always count on uh, finding some lug who could, who could hit 30 home runs at first base. Um, but you know, because of teams using utility players in multiple spots, sometimes even outfield depth uh, can get thin quicker than you'd think. It's not a huge deal, but if it's a deeper league and you need at least five outfielders, and suddenly things can get a little, little iffy when you're trying to fill out some of those spots. So I, I don't think that you, know, you need to make any dramatic uh, moves to like, I'm only picking this position or that position. But understand uh, that there are certain positions where uh, a productive player holds more value. And I, the first that come to mind are catcher and second base. Uh, next, uh, positional scarcity does matter. But so too does category scarcity, right? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a player who might hit, hit you 25 home runs in a season. You know, last year, uh, given the shortened season, if you hit nine home runs, that was the equivalent of more than 24 home runs in a season. There were 88 players uh, in the major leagues who hit at least nine home runs last season. You know how many stole at least nine bases? 15. So there's a real disparity in... Uh, in the value of a player, you know, if you have a player who hits you 25 home runs and a player who steals you 25 bases, the guy who steals you 25 bases is a much rarer commodity. Uh, and so uh, you have to take that into consideration and then you combine it with positional scarcity because there are certain positions where you're just not going to fill uh, certain uh, categories. You know, you don't have catchers who are stealing 25 bases. Uh, you, don't, you don't often have first basemen who are stealing 25 bases. And so you start working your way around and the places where you can get those stolen bases uh, tend to come, you know, middle infield, outfield, uh, and and those are the players who you have to uh, address that position, that uh, both position and uh, category scarcity. So, just something to keep in mind that uh, position scarcity and category scarcity are kind of two of the uh, the biggest challenges uh, setting out your draft. So, one way to uh, get through this is through positional versatility. Uh, you know, this doesn't mean, you know, go out and get yourself Marwin Gonzalez and Kike Hernandez and all of a sudden you're all set uh, because you have guys who can play in, in multiple spots. But it doesn't hurt 
that you have guys who can play in multiple spots because it gives you more flexibility both at your draft uh, and uh, you know when you need to fill in for an injury for example uh, if you know you you lose somebody to injury and you have somebody else on your roster who could fill that position well now you've opened up uh, the possibility of okay well I don't have to get just this one player off the waiver wire maybe at, maybe you have uh, two or three other options uh, on the waiver wire that will because you have positional uh, versatility uh, and so this isn't the kind of thing where you choose positional versatility over the better player uh, but if as a tiebreaker by all means uh, take uh, the player who can fill in more spots for you now one of the other things I like to do uh, with my fantasy team is at least get a couple of quality starting pitchers relatively early in the draft uh, and now in some ways, I would compare this to, to running backs uh, in fantasy football. Uh, for the longest time, running back was the number one uh, position in fantasy football. Everybody drafted running backs, running backs, running backs. Well, as football has become uh, a game that is much more uh, invo- uh, involving passing, that you know there aren't as many running backs who are out there uh, gaining big yardage. So what happens is the guys who still do, the guys who still run for 1,000 yards, they're even more valuable because, again, this is category scarcity. And so that's the same kind of thing we're getting with pitchers as teams are, are not uh, giving their starting pitchers heavy workloads. Uh, you know, they're pulling guys after five innings. All of a sudden, the guys who are going to go deep into a game, you know, you're, you're Shane Bieber, you're, you're Justin Verlander before he blew out, <laughs> blew out his elbow. Uh, those kinds of guys, you know, Max Scherzer, they become even more valuable because there are just so few of them. And so uh, keep that in mind that uh, it, once you get a couple kind of real quality starting pitchers, that gives you a good foundation uh, around which to build the rest of your pitching staff. And, and you know, it doesn't mean every pitcher you get has to be somebody who's going to eat a bunch of innings. Uh, but if you have a couple real quality guys at the top, uh, it makes it easier to kind of patchwork uh, the rotation in behind them. Now, uh, one of the, I guess, strategies that uh, you're going to uh, consider uh, with your pitching staff is uh, whether you're going to be streaming pitchers during the season. Uh, And, you know, pitchers aren't the only positions you can stream. I mean, if you have five outfield spots, sometimes, uh, you know, plugging a player in at the bottom of your outfield uh, depth chart works too. Uh, But you, you do need to kind of pay attention to matchups. And if you have, particularly if you have kind of a weak link at the bottom of your uh, pitching rotation, then it's maybe not a bad spot to, okay, I'm going to grab this guy who's, who's got a couple of easier starts coming this week. What have you? you? You can move pitchers in and out. Now, one of the things that I guess is just maybe, maybe peculiar to me, uh, but I don't get terribly excited about leagues that require a constant streaming um, focus where you know you're trying to fill lineup spots every day and because then it just becomes an exercise and who's going to spend the most time mining the waiver wire and like and this isn't just a baseball issue by the way this is fantasy sports in general like i i like deep leagues i like even complicated leagues leagues that include minor leaguers and draft picks and so on that's all totally cool uh, but if success in your league is predicated on you know making a lot of moves every week uh, to maximize the games played well you know, that's, that's not my thing. Uh, I think the, the reason I got into fantasy in the first place, and it was a long time ago, um, it was the opportunity to show that anal- my analysis of players was better. Uh, and I don't think, you know, 
making a swapping out a bunch of players at the bottom of uh, of the, the roster uh, is necessarily doing anything to to reveal analysis. It's just uh, like arbitrage, and and I I don't really feel like uh, that's the the most fun way uh, to play fantasy. So look. In small doses, sure. I don't mind, you know, oh, I'm going to add an extra starter to this week. That's fine. Uh, but if it's, you know, out go three guys, income three guys, out go three guys, income three guys, it's, uh, that's not, I, I don't think that really works uh, in terms of uh, a great fantasy experience. Um, so never mind that, the that little aside, it's just more about, look, if you are going to be streaming pitchers, you're going to have to be, uh, aware of matchups and and basically ha- kind of leave a spot uh, in your in your rotation where you're going to have uh, a player that you just kind of keep moving in and out in and out because uh, you know sometimes you can get committed to uh, a starting rotation. Uh, okay, I've got these six starters and the, that that's a pretty solid group for me, uh, and and then you're not really going to be, have a streaming option. Uh, because you know you're not going to want to cut loose one of the, those pitchers who might be might be too good to just be dumping on the waiver wire uh, from week to week. So uh, another thing to consider is if a player is a sleeper, uh, you know you you think you're going to catch real value uh, when you draft them, you have to take them as a sleeper. Uh, you know the whole point of hitting uh, on on a sleeper pick, a breakthrough pick, uh, is to reap excess value. Uh, it doesn't work if you reach for the player uh, who you know is supposed to be flying under the radar or simply not popular for whatever reason. And this goes for rookies too. You know, yes, it's exciting to be first and you want to get the hype prospect or you want to beat everyone to uh, to that breakthrough player. But if you reach for them, uh, it really leaves you uh, so little room for error. I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had destroyed minor league pitching to the degree that he looked like a lock to be a star in the major leagues. You know, start. Uh, start preparing his bust for Cooperstown. Well, he's been fine in, in his first couple of seasons, but he hasn't had a real breakout yet. Uh, maybe it happens this year. He's lost a bunch of weight. Uh, but if, if you reached on Vladdy for his rookie season, you know, that would be, have a devastating effect on your team because he just couldn't give you positive value. Uh, so basically, if you want sleepers and rookies, and frankly, we all do, it's the most fun part of uh, playing fantasy, you need to be, I would say, smart about it, cautious about it, um, judicious uh, in, in when you choose to take them or uh, how much money you spend at auction. Uh, generally, I'd say use your later rounds to make you know those speculative kinds of plays. You know, if there if there's somebody uh, that you're convinced is going to be great, well, then you know you can stake your claim and uh, and make that pick. Uh, but if you're trying to give yourself uh, the best chance for a positive outcome. Uh, you want to give that player uh, an opportunity to give you positive value on their draft slot. Um, now, the more solid uh, your base for your team is, that does allow you to be a little bit uh, riskier uh, as the draft goes on. You know, If you nail your first half dozen rounds and you're getting uh, great value on legitimate stars round after round and filling out the uh, positions that you know maybe you're maybe you're getting uh, a second baseman and a catcher and a couple of starting pitchers and then you add in a, uh, a star outfielder and, and you know you're just nailing it at, at every turn well it gets a little bit easier uh, to start reaching uh, once the middle rounds show up because the differences uh, in players as you get further into the draft it becomes beauty is in the eye of the beholder 
that you know the the player that you you think should go you know 81st uh, overall somebody else might have them 110th and and that's fine that's uh that's part of the game here of fantasy uh but if you're uh if you struggle with your early picks well then the, those middle round picks uh, become you know, imperative for your team. Like if you take some risky players early, uh, you know, whether it's their injury risks or, or what have you, uh, you're really in a tough spot. If all of a sudden you decide that you're going to, uh, uh, if you're going to, uh, start taking risky picks also in the middle rounds, because you, you know, somewhere along the way, you need some stability on that roster. Uh, now, uh, one of the, I guess, hot button issues in, in fantasy is, uh, whether or not you pay for saves. And I think that's likely dependent on your league. Uh, you know, if you're in a 10-team mixed league, there shouldn't be too much trouble coming up with three reasonable closer options. Uh, if it's American League or National League only, I mean, do people still do those? I don't know. Uh, but that changes the calculation a bit, right? There's just scarcity uh, for the number of guys who, who can get you saves. And then uh, even if you're talking kind of deeper mixed leagues, 14 or 16 teams, you know, once you start adding, once teams in the, in that kind of league start adding their third closer, well, all of a sudden, uh, you, the picking can get really slim for you, and uh, you know, you end up li- likely chasing saves. And you know, having said all that, um, closer is like it's a position with a lot of fluctuations and injuries and poor performance cause dramatic changes. Like, look, an everyday out, uh, outfielder can go through a two week slump and still not be in jeopardy of losing their job. In fact, in most cases, they wouldn't uh, be in jeopardy of losing their job. But if a closer coughs up four games in a two-week span, you know there, there's going to be a trip to the injured list or a change in role, um, all except for the most reliable and proven options. You know, there are so few Mariano Rivera's who can be counted on uh, to be automatic uh, in that closer role. Uh, there's just there's so much risk involved that it doesn't that doesn't occur at other positions. So because of that. It's also possible to sign to find sudden value in in players who really didn't have uh, any appeal uh, fantasy wise before. Uh, you know, when that setup guy who had no real opportunities to close suddenly becomes the ninth inning option, well, now they're valuable. And uh, the you know th- this may be one of the flaws of fantasy baseball, uh, but it, it's worth being aware of, of how that of how that dynamic works. And so, you know, the principle of not overpaying for closers in terms of, in terms of whether you draft them too high or, or pay too much at auction, you know, that's sound. It doesn't, because of all these uh, risks involved, it doesn't make sense to commit to uh, closers early. But if your league is, you know, particularly deep, it may require it to be a little bit more flexible. And by that, I mean, probably a little bit more aggressive. Now, um, Maintaining flexibility might be kind of the best underlying strategy. Uh, if you have players uh, that qualify at multiple positions, that allows your team to move in different directions. Uh, and having more options should lead to better results. Um, and I guess sort of my last uh, strategy tip uh, going into the 2021 season is don't overrate the value of the 2020 season. Remember, it was a 60-game season in extremely unusual circumstances. So players that had their worst season in 2020 may not be definitely terrible. I mean, they might be, They might be, but you, you can't pass that judgment based on a 60-game season. Uh, you wouldn't pass it on, on a player uh, who had a couple of bad months in a full season. Uh, and players that had their best seasons in 2020 may not be definitely awesome. I mean, just we'll, we'll see how, how it plays, but 
uh, you know, Trevor Bauer was un- untouchable in, in 2020. Are we sure that that's who he is now? Um, I, I would, you know, hazard a guess that um, he's probably not going to be as good as he was in 2020. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And hey, baseball is just around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about fantasy baseball, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so the first team we're previewing, the Los Angeles Angels. And the interesting case with the Angels here is that they have a few really high-end guys, uh, but a lot of question marks uh, beyond. So uh, the highest of the high end is center fielder Mike Trout, who's been an elite hitter for his entire career and was crushing the ball still last season. Uh, but he only stole one base. And that decline in base stealing, he only stole 11 bases the year before, uh, is the one reason that you might consider Trout not to be a lock uh, to go number one. You know, it could be Ronald Acuna Jr., it could be Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, and part of the reason that they're uh, challenging Trout is because they run. And so if Trout decides that he's going to steal bases uh, because he sort of has, he has that capability, he's done it before, uh, then, then he's probably the safest one to go number one. But if you don't, if you don't trust that he's going to uh, run and, and give you, uh, r- make a real difference for you in that category, then uh, you might have to, to, to look elsewhere. But uh, he's a, a safe early first round pick at the very least. Uh, third baseman, Anthony Rendon. You know his 2019 season with Washington may be an outlier. It was it was so good uh, that I don't know that you can expect him to duplicate it. But he's been an elite third baseman for the past four seasons, uh, and so that probably makes Rendon a, a fit as a, a late first round, early second round pick. Uh, and so those are the the two building blocks uh, that the Angels have now. Where do we go beyond that? Well, designated hitter Shohei Otani. Now, he only hit 190 last season, uh, but Otani his first two seasons showed legit talent. Uh, and in addition to being a solid hitter who has some power, uh, he also could get double-digit steals. And so uh, if if everything breaks right and Otani doesn't give you a, another season of hitting 190, um, there's definitely value there. But uh, there's certainly risk, and that's why you know, you're probably not going to have to reach early for Shohei Otani. The, uh, it'll be somewhere in the mid-rounds uh, before you need to start going there. Uh, second baseman David Fletcher hit 319 last season, but it was a soft 319. Had three home runs, two stolen bases. So he's probably a low-end middle infield option uh, and and is fine, um, but d- doesn't uh, check a whole lot of boxes either. Uh, catcher Max Stassi had a bit of an offensive breakthrough last season. Had seven home runs, hit 278, 886 OPS. But that's like the first sign that he could hit major league pitching, and he's going to be 30 by opening day. So, how much do you pin on, you know, 31 games of Max Stasi last season, uh, and 
and whether that's who he is going forward. I'd, I'd be wary uh, of Max Stasi's, uh, you know, potential uh, in 2021. Uh, shortstop Jose Iglesias, another one to kind of be cautious of. And two, his 2020 season was amazing. He hit 373, had 17 doubles in 39 games. Uh, but for basically his entire career, Iglesias has been a subpar uh, hitter. And so, you know, he, he's going to be worth a, you know, worth a gamble as a middle infielder. Uh, but you're not going to take him particularly early, uh, given his track record. You, you can't just jump in on 39 games in 2020 and, and expect that that's who Jose Iglesias is now. Uh, outfielder Justin Upton still hits for power, uh, but over the past two seasons, he's also hitting 210. Uh, and that, that can be a bit of a deal breaker. Uh, first baseman Jared Walsh. Now, he's an interesting one. He had uh, a breakthrough in 26 games last season, had nine home runs, hit 293 with a 971 OPS. And, and so that you know makes him sort of an exciting option. But that's also some small sample greatness from a guy in his late 20s. Uh, and, and so I, I'm probably, I would be cautious enough that Jared Walsh will go to somebody else in my leagues. Uh, but uh, he, he's out there sort of as a sleeper slash breakthrough possibility. Uh, right fielder Dexter Fowler, uh, who has had some productive enough seasons in his career where he had double-digit home runs and double-digit steals. And he did that four times. Uh, but those days are kind of well in his rearview mirror, too. Uh, he's hitting 218 with a 690 OPS over the past three seasons. Uh, probably not going to have real fantasy value for you. Uh, DH and first baseman Albert Pujols. You know, there may be some question about whether this is Pujols' last season. Uh, his wife announced it apparently on Instagram, but... Why wouldn't it be his last season? He's 41 and is basically a shell of his former self. And obviously his former self is a guy who was going straight to the Hall of Fame because he was, uh, you know, a legendary hitter. Uh, and if he plays enough, uh, Pujols could provide home runs and RBIs, but his runs scored are way down. His batting average is way down. Uh, so he doesn't have a whole lot of fantasy appeal. And then the catcher, Kurt Suzuki. Uh, a veteran catcher whose best offensive season, strangely enough, were from 2017 through 2019. Uh, and over the past four seasons, Suzuki's hit 272, uh, which, you know, is makes him a viable deep league catcher, even if he doesn't get a ton of playing time, because he's not going to hurt you uh, with that batting average. And so, you know, Kurt Suzuki, for a guy who, who doesn't necessarily play a whole lot, still might have uh, some fantasy value. Uh, then there's top prospect, Joe Adele, uh, the outfielder, uh, was rushed uh, to the majors last season, and he struggled, just like he did at uh, AAA in late 2019. Uh, and so Adele looks like he's going to start the season at AAA, but if he gets some quality reps there, um, could certainly challenge uh, for a job uh, with the Angels at some point during the season. So now let's take a look at the Angels pitching staff, where I don't even think they, they don't have the, the high-end options that the, the lineup has. Uh, starting pitcher Andrew Haney, um, He's had an ERA under four once in his career. Started more than 18 games once in his career. Um, he can miss bats, but really too inconsistent and can't stay healthy. Uh, I, I would be shocked if I end up with shares in Andrew Haney this year. Uh, Dylan Bundy. Now, to be fair, I probably would have said something similar about Dylan Bundy prior to last season, and then he was great for the Angels. So it was only a dozen starts, but if I was going to take an Angels starting pitcher, it would probably be Dylan Bundy. Uh, then there's Shohei Otani, who... Well, he was a disaster in 2020, pitched just a, an inning and two-thirds before the Angels ended that. Uh, but 
He was legitimately good in 2018 well, when he was a rookie. And so, you know, there's some sliver of hope if he's healthy. Uh, and, you know, the, the reports uh, initially out of, out of Angel's camp were, were pretty positive. And so, you know, if you're willing to take that risk in, in the later rounds, uh, Otani, the pitcher, uh, you know, might be a, a sleeper candidate or, or maybe a deep sleeper candidate, but uh, he's at least a, a viable consideration. Uh, relief pitcher Rizel Iglesias uh, picked up from the Reds. He saved 100 games over the past four seasons. And there are often some bumps in the road, uh, but he manages to continue closing. And so I would count on Iglesias to uh, be one of the more reliable options at closer for whatever that might be worth. Uh, now the other pitchers on that Angels roster, uh, Jose Quintana only pitched 10 innings last season, but he's kind of a decent mid-rotation starter. Could be uh, the type that you stream uh, during the season. Uh, Alex Cobb, who's a serviceable st- starter, but doesn't miss enough bats uh, to have real fantasy value. He hangs around six strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, but, you know, from time to time with a favorable matchup during the season, maybe uh, you grab him off the waiver wire. Uh, and then there's 24-year-old uh, Griffin Canning, uh, who has more promise, uh, certainly, than, than Cobb, and maybe even more than Quintana, uh, with his potential. And, and Canning uh, has been able to, to get some strikeouts, but uh, he needs to improve his control if he's going to have you know, real value in 2021. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have six new flavors. It's caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The the bars are healthy and covered in chocolate, so they're really easy to eat. Look, I uh, have needed to go to an outdoor boot camp for the past couple of months to help uh, drop some some quarantine LBs, and I've had some success, but I leaned right into it with Built Bar as part of my post-workout routine. Gives my muscles the protein boost they need. So, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON20, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON20, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Join walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts. So now that we've done the Angels, let's move to the National League and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are are a team that don't have a whole lot of uh, high-end fantasy options. There are a couple, uh, but even those come with some risks. And so we'll start with the lineup and second baseman Cattell Marte. A rising star who finished fourth in National League MVP voting in 2019 seemed that the sky was the limit for him, but he kind of crashed to earth in 2020. Now, if he can recover his 2019 form, Marte's an elite fantasy performer because he, he has this high-end production at second base, a position that has very few high-end options. So, uh, Cattell Marte, you won't have to take him first or second round probably because uh, last season was not uh, great uh, production-wise, uh, but... Uh, he become he still has uh, a really high ceiling uh, relative to other players in the Diamondbacks roster, uh, and that includes uh, third baseman Eduardo Escobar, uh, who really uh, looked like he was hitting his groove in 2018, 2019. Uh, then he fell flat in 2020. Uh, you know maybe that makes him a decent sleeper candidate for 2021 uh, because 
uh, as I said off the top, uh, you know, we don't want to overrate uh, what happened in, in a two-month season in 2020. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see whether Escobar can bounce back. Uh, but because his 2020 season was mediocre, uh, you can probably uh, wait until, you know, middle rounds at the very least before you go uh, looking for him in, in this year's draft. Uh, outfielder Cole Calhoun. Uh, you know what you're getting uh, with Cole Calhoun. He struggles to hit for average. Um, and so there's a known trade-off there. But he has legitimate power. Um, and that includes hitting 16 home runs and 228 plate appearances last season. So uh, Calhoun's you know, trouble hitting for average does mean you're probably going to be able to wait uh, a while on him. And, and maybe he ends up being uh, someone you go to when you're starting to look at your, uh, your roster and going, I, I don't have enough power here. Well, Cole Calhoun is the kind of guy you, you end up, uh, you know, you bargain with yourself and say, oh, well, I, I can live with the fact he's going to hit 228. Uh, catcher, Carson Kelly, who has a little bit of power. He was better in 2019 than he was in 2020. Kind of a mediocre option, but probably fine as the number two uh, catcher for your fantasy team. Uh, shortstop, Nick Ahmed, who, who's really a glove first uh, shortstop, and that obviously doesn't hold a, a ton of appeal for fantasy. Uh, but he's had a little bit of power. Uh, might be kind of a, a late round middle infield pick, uh, but doesn't have a ton of upside either. Uh, outfielder David Peralta is a 291 career hitter. Uh, he did erupt for 30 home runs in 2018, and that would be a game changer. Uh, but generally, Peralta has been in the teens uh, for home runs most other seasons. Uh, and this is the kind of guy you settle on late in the draft. Uh, he's fine, but doesn't hit enough home runs or steal enough bases uh, to really move the needle. Uh, first baseman Christian Walker. Uh, has legitimate power, has 36 home runs and 846 plate appearances over the past two years. Uh, that's enough to make him a low-end corner infield option. Um, and and that's fine. Uh, just uh, sort of a, uh, he, he fills a, a role. Uh, then what, what other kind of depth options are there uh, in Arizona? There's uh, utility infielder as Drupal Cabrera. He's a 35-year-old who does have some position flexibility and he hits just well enough uh, to be considered when you're you're kind of desperate uh, for a fill-in uh, during the season, you know you have an infielder gets hurt and you you head to the waiver wire and and look around and huh, there's his Drupal Cabrera maybe he maybe he's going to be uh, somebody who can who can cover for you for a couple of weeks. Uh, then there's top prospect Dalton Varsho, uh, was developed as a catcher uh, but also could be the center fielder uh, in the long run and he struggled a bit in his first taste of of major leagues last season hitting 188 with a 653 OPS but. Uh, long term, he's looking at a chance to to play every day in the outfield, and uh, you know the, that's the the one thing. If you you come up as a catcher, uh, you're probably not going to play every day uh, in the same way that you would as an outfielder. And so, if the Diamondbacks want to get Varsho's bat in the lineup uh, more often, then they they find a spot for him in the outfield. Uh, while while the Diamondbacks wait on Varsho, uh, outfielder Tim LoCastro uh, might find his way into some playing time, uh, and if he does he would have value because he can steal bases. He's 26 for 26 in his career. Uh, he may not give you a whole lot else, uh, but if he's playing on a regular basis, uh, those stolen bases would have some fantasy value. So now let's look at Diamondback pitchers, uh, where they've got a legit uh, number two fantasy starter, Zach Gallen. Uh, he has a 2.780 RA, 1.17 whip in his first 27 major league starts. Tons to like about Zach Gallen uh, and He's, you know, a guy who's made 27 major league starts and he's the safest and most reliable option they have. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, who 
at a 6.48 ERA and 1.44 whip in 2020, which for fantasy owners is an outright disaster. Um, but obviously Bumgarner had a lot more success before that. Um, it's probably worth a late round pick uh, to find out if he can bounce back. But uh, I would also understand if you decide that you, you want to uh, let somebody else take Madison Bumgarner. Uh, starting pitcher Merrill Kelly uh, was outstanding uh, in five starts last season, but probably unsustainably so. He's not a big strikeout guy, and so the numbers might be uh, tough to duplicate. Still, you could do worse as a late-round flyer uh, on Merrill Kelly. Uh, Luke Weaver is probably not a viable fantasy starter, but he could be. He was, he was, he was in a dozen starts in 2019, and in 2017, he, w- he was solid enough in 13 appearances too, uh, but... <laughs> 2018 and 2020, uh, Weaver got rocked. And so uh, a lot of risk there. You, you might kind of wait and see how his 2021 season is going before you dive in. Uh, Caleb Smith, uh, left-hander, will miss bats. Uh, his walk rate is a concern. Uh, but Smith might be the kind of guy who you stream during the season, uh, more so than someone you you race to draft uh, before the season. Uh, relief pitcher Joachim Soria is a 36-year-old. Uh, he was last a closer in 2018 with the White Sox, but over the course of his career, he has 223 career saves. So he's got uh, experience in the role. And if you need someone who will just get save chances, Soria should be that guy uh, for the Diamondbacks. If it's not, uh, it could be Stefan Crichton, a 29-year-old who saved a handful of games for the Diamondbacks last season. If you're speculating, speculating on a setup guy who could end up closing, uh, Crichton would be one uh, worth considering. So send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. So that will do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow when we will touch on uh, the Boston Red Sox and Atlanta Braves. And you know, also check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, a show that I'm also hosting these days. Uh, so find these podcasts, subscribe, and rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Thank you.